This podcast is not meant to be informative or educational and has the potential to be completely irrelevant. This is Property Jam. This week's episode of Property Jam Podcast, where we talk about everything to do with the human side of property. And so I am, well done, Niall, I have to thank say. You, thank you. Thank you. Yes, I'm, I'm yeah. here all day, guys. Because I'd forgotten welcome. what we were talking about, so it was good to have a reminder. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I must say, guys, I am actually very excited today because we've got a good friend of mine. Um, Miss Catherine Crowan is, is with us today. Uh, so Catherine uh, and I have known each other for quite a while. We've been on a mastermind group together. We've got drunk together. We have lots of fizzy Fridays since lockdown. Um, so I'm just going to hand straight over to Catherine. You can tell us who you are, what you do, and how you ended up on Property Jam. Hello. How are you all? Very well. Very well, good. It's especially seeing you and meeting you. This is great. Oh, oh thank you. So as the lovely Nile said, um, I am I'm a nurse but I'm very specifically what you call an occupational health nurse, which basically means that I look at people's fitness for work all day in its purest form. And I've always been interested in property, but I only really started out on the first rung of the ladder in 2014. Mm. And I suppose I'm kind of going at a bit of a snail's pace because of all the other stuff that I've been dealing with in my life in the background and uh, uh, um, et cetera. And um, there was one Friday having the crack with Niall and um, he said, Catherine, come on to the podcast. And I'm like, I've never done anything like this before, but there's always a place to start, isn't there? Always. So here I am. Here you are. (laughs) I think this is probably going to lead to an illustrious podcasting career. Well, you um, never know now, Mass. You, you never yeah. know. This could be the first of many. The, first the, the podcasting of many. world is your oyster. Yes, uh, I love it. So you're a nurse. And so we always find, especially because all of us teach property as well, the nurses who end up in property, often it's, it's a thing, isn't it? Like nurses often end up in property because often shift work means that you can divide your time quite nicely because you have like your three or four days on and then you've got time off. It's like, oh, weekends are free. I could go up and I can view stuff. Yeah. Um, there's that. But there's also a saying that came to my attention many years ago when I started in property. It was like nurses make great property investors because they're entrepreneurs. Very good. I've never heard of that one, but that's, that wasn't mine. Yeah. I didn't. I can't claim it. Definitely, definitely not yours. Because not um, if you weren't going to say it, I was going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because thank, I, I, I thank suppose... you, Debbie. <laughs> it was Debbie, wasn't it? It was Debbie's. Yeah. Oh, was that Debbie's one? Yeah. 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 Very good. Because yeah. invariably, you're always improvising. You're always trying to make things work. So mm-hmm. yes, yeah, so I suppose I can see where that comes from. Yeah, also that you but you're people, people. Exactly. Uh, you're constantly dealing with people every single day. You're having to be um, you know, generally quite nice to people. Uh, yeah, I, I imagine you have some some interesting stories. Maybe we'll get into that a bit later. Um, <laughs> but um, I don't know. But yeah, so, so you're people, people. And as you know, properties are all about relationships. So you know, being able to have um, you know, good, good crack, good conversation, um, and basically make people feel at ease. 
Um, yeah. And I yeah. guess fu fundamentally, it is the ability to communicate. And I think that's where I have struggled is the wrong word. But you know, since lockdown in March, because of the particular job that I do, um, I have effectively had to work from home and see all of my, my patients and have all my meetings and stuff via Teams because the organization that I currently work for just don't do Zoom. <laughs> um, and of course, the biggest part of communication is body language. Yes. Mm -hmm. And particularly in the job that I do and with the, with the particular people that I deal with, trust is a huge, huge thing. And in order to be able to trust somebody, you've really got to be able to eyeball them, really, because what the eyes are the wind of the soul, really. So, yeah, that's, that's a very interesting thing. Um, and, you know, this whole lockdown thing has just brought on so many different challenges for people, really. But as I say to everybody, if boredom is your biggest issue in lockdown, you are very, very lucky. That's a really good point. Yeah. yeah. You're yeah. very lucky. So count your board and blessings, really. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I think now, because at the time of recording this, we're in lockdown three, aren't we? So the we whole are. country is tier five. And, you know, I think, I, I think there's something to be said of, you know, lockdown fatigue, but there's also something to be said of resilience and sort of being kind of used to it now and understanding what it means, how it works um, with light at the end of the tunnel. So yes. we can handle a bit of boredom, can't we? Yes. We can, oh, yeah. We can handle sure. it. Yeah. <laughs> I was saying that I've not been bored at all. I can't lie. Like, I, well, I no, I have a bit, but not 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 to the point at which I'm literally staring at a wall going, oh, my God, it's Groundhog Day. Like, it's, yeah. been, it's been varied enough because I've just made sure I've got all my the routines yeah. and stuff in place have you been but i think that's i think that's um kind of how we operate though and what because of what we do and what the do. Yeah. training we've been on and the yeah the i don't want to say the j word but the process that we've been through the adventure the adventure i know i have been or we have been since especially in this this lockdown 3.0 i have never been as busy as i as i am right now Mm. It's crazy busy, but because we've put ourselves into this, this position and we keep ramping things up and we keep yes. looking for things to do so that we don't let the let the let the um let lockdown take over. Um so regardless of where we are, what we're doing, um we're <laughs> we're we're constantly looking at the positives and looking for things to do. And also that's your and, and that's a word I can never say. I can I can spell us, I can look at us, but it's the entrepreneurial. <laughs> it's a bugger of a word. Yeah, it is just, too, too course, many R's. Yeah. I'm trying to I try and avoid words that I just can't pronounce well. <laughs> but yeah, but, but of course that's that's that that's the spirit, isn't it? You're just adapting the whole time. Yeah, mm, definitely. 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 Yeah. So that rule that kind of leads us on to quite nicely to the question then. So what, well, kind of probably answered it already, but anyway, what does the human side of property look like to you? So I, I guess for me, I talk about it from a very, very personal experience in that um, I was a carer for many years, um, both for my, my mother and my father, who have since parted this world. And um, my mother had mesothelioma, which you probably may know as asbestos-related lung cancer. 
So, of course, asbestos is still everywhere. Mm. Um, and one of my mother's big things was um, when, obviously, she was terminally ill, and we, we knew all of this, and she was preparing for, for the end game. Um, and, you know, nobody likes to talk about death and dying, um, but it's a factor of life. Um, and for some reason, we talk about somebody passing on. I mean, that, that's, that, that's something else, but I mean, where do you pass to? But anyway, my mother was preparing for, for you know, to, to die and she wanted to die at home. And they lived in a big um, three-story townhouse. And I remember thinking to myself, oh my God, my mother's bedroom is in the middle um, of, of the house. How on earth are we gonna get her up the stairs, down the stairs, nothing else? And um, the long and short of it was, um, she had to go into hospice because she was in a lot of pain. But my father said to me after she died, your mother, we need to lay her out at home. And I was thinking, right, this is great. Um, but I said, you know, dad, how are we going to get mum upstairs to, um, you know, the, 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 her bedroom on the third floor? And he says, well, this is, we'll have to get a cherry picker in. And I remember having this visual oh, thinking, no. oh, my God, no. you know, cherry pickers, JCBs, no. this, that, and the other. Honest to God, that is the conversation we had. And um, <laughs> I remember thinking to myself, in the name of God, like, as you get older and as your needs change, because you might become disabled, you get older and all that, this stuff, people just don't think about it, do they? No. And they had this house and, you know, the bottom line is it's a box. It is a box full of enormous objects. And so when I think of the human side of that, I often think to myself, holy mother of God, lads, when you're getting older, you've got to think what your life is going to be like. You know, if you have, you know, uh, you break your leg and you live in a house that's got loads of stairs, how are you going to get upstairs and stuff like that? People talk about, oh, I'll just get a chairlift. What's the point? You know, so, so that's, that's sort of like, I suppose, um, a, a, a way out there human story of, of property and adaptability for me. And then, you know, as life happens, after my mother died, um, she, my, my dad just seemed to go, he just basically ended up um, with dementia. And as a nurse, I would have dealt with anything else, but I did not want to deal with this. Obviously I did. And I remember thinking to myself, oh my God, my father, this is just my specific thing. My father is not going to go into a nursing home. I promised my mother that I would look after him. And I literally took that promise. But again, my dad was in this three-story townhouse. And I was thinking, oh God, the stairs, what are we going to do? Blah, blah, blah. How are we going to manage, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that really became my first major project management um, property issue in that we turned the garage, the downstairs garage, into an ensuite bedroom to accommodate his needs. Um, and that's kind of my first crash course into <laughs> property development. And um, while it all sounds very sad and dramatic, you know, that's life, but actually it wasn't because my dad was loosely in, 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 in the building trade. And what was great was that although his health gradually declined, um, an extremely good friend of, of, of mine just happens to be a builder. And he came in, helped me project manage the loss, but he, he got my dad heavily involved. Oh. So I remember when we were like building the, the garage door wall, 
John would just pass my dad a brick and say, what do you think of this? That's, that'll pass the test. And it was the slowest built wall, but you know, it, it, effectively my dad was very much a part of, of building that. And of course then as his health needs developed, his mobility gradually went. So of course then you've got to start thinking about handrails, grab rails, kind of get a, wheel, a wheelchair in and out of it and everything else. And it all worked its, its way out. But I suppose that's what I think about when, when I think about property, I think about the human side of us. And, you know, when you're talking about a social context, think of lockdown in the summer and people who are living in flats didn't have a garden. You know, and when I think about sort of my parents, particularly my dad, daddy had a front door, he had a back door, he'd go into the garden and he had one to one care. Mm. And although obviously I knew I couldn't I couldn't do all of that myself. And that's another sort of side story into property. Um, whenever I wasn't here, we always had um, care for my dad, but very consistent care. So I have what I call two brothers from another mother, Charles <laughs> and Terry, who looked after my dad um, when, when I wasn't about. So, you know, it's, it's just like, again, you know, a, people are what make property aren't they and the people I had around me helped me work my dad's property in order to accommodate his needs so that's mm. that's kind of that in a in a in a I suppose a short tale really but honest to god the um the cherry picker and my mother's coffin if you can visualize that that's a true story can I and ask <laughs> you can, of course happen? no oh, well, I'll tell okay. you what happened I honest to god this is what happened right so um <laughs> Me and my dad had this conversation and um, my mother had uh, had died and, you know, it's all very sad, but there was always humour in everything. Yeah. And there were so many funny moments after my mother died. But this particular one, dad said, I want to wake. I want your mother at home. I said, fine, dad. So, of course, anything my father wanted, I would have absolutely 100 percent accommodated. But in my head. I'm thinking cherry pickers and, and um, there's limits dad there's limits um, well you know I thought to myself how, it, it, he was heartbroken they'd been married for nearly 60 years how how am I going to do this so I sat down made a cup of tea took his hand and said dad this could be really really difficult you know we're probably gonna have to hire a cherry picker and I could imagine my mother coming back to home and saying Jesus Mary and Joseph Catherine what are you doing you know and I had this conversation with my dad and daddy looked at me and says Catherine says, we've gone pure mad. And I said, what do you mean? He says, what's wrong with the kitchen table? <laughs> that was my question. I was sad. I was like, can't we keep her on the ground floor? What are we sticking her up three floors for? What are we doing? <laughs> you know, it's about grief and it's about bereavement yeah. and it's about how tired I was. And logically, yeah. I just wasn't thinking like that. Oh, so the next oh, thing, wow. my, my father comes out with um, this, um, oh, <laughs> measuring tape and like he's, he's he's measuring the door he's measuring the front door he's jesus i know your mother put on weight but she, she even she fits with the front door in her coffin so the next thing anyway i remember phoning the undertaker and they were so lovely and um i just phoned them up and said i'm having this really weird conversation with my dad my brain's not working properly there's a cherry picker involved and i said we're having an irish catholic wake and um, the undertaker said, Catherine, I'll be over in five minutes. <laughs> so he walked in anyway, Susan booted, and he said, right, she said, so what's the situation? And my dad says, she's talking about cherry pickers. She's talking about cherry pickers. <laughs> and I remember thinking, 
oh my god how's my head come to this how how has it all come to this but it was just very very funny you know though you make such a good point about I think thinking about houses and space and the the behaviors and the people that live within that space yeah how human that part of it is I think that's what I probably resonated with the most from what you were talking about especially as we start to think about the future and designing property for the older generation and again we had a nurse on a couple of episodes ago Lisa Brown Lisa Brown yeah I've got a touch base with her yeah yeah supported living and how you're always thinking about how humans exist within that space and you know that varies from nation to nation I mean you compare somewhere like Japan where people are stacked in tiny boxes compared to somewhere like New Zealand where they're pretty much COVID free now because they've got all of this space the population's much smaller and yes it's just completely different and how people in those spaces have responded to this really difficult time let alone you know life and you know death and all the things that come with being human I mean so much of what you're saying is just at the, the heart of what it is to be in property yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. You, you know and, and when you know as my father's um dementia progressed of course he was going back to his childhood um and he he grew up in a farm and I remember at that stage um we'd moved dad into the garage now the garage is this beautiful ensuite area you know but I, I still call it the garage Fair enough. As, as my other half said to me, you said, Catherine, you can't keep saying your father's in the garage. You know, social services hear this. They think you have got him in the garage. And I, I was trying to say en suite. I've got him in the en suite bedroom downstairs, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, you have to do risk assessments all the time. And, you know, I guess if you're thinking about, you know, property and HMOs and stuff like that, you know, my father was climbing out windows in the middle of the night because, you know, whoever was with him, we obviously used to lock all the doors and stuff, but we... We forgot that the window in the brand new one suite in the garage, yeah, in the garage wasn't locked. And honest to God, one evening he got a chair from the kitchen and he climbed, yeah. he climbed um, out the window. Oh, good on him! But where, where, where was he going? Home. Uh, he was going home oh. to, um, but he was going via um, the the field to check the cows that that, that they hadn't breached. You As know, you do. As you um, do, yeah, like obviously. when you're, yeah, right. you know, when when you are. <laughs> whatever age he was in his head that time um and I had taken a break because one of the biggest things that you have to do whether you like it or not whether you're a carer is preserve your own well-being because if you go down everybody goes down and I know this as a nurse as a daughter I found it very very difficult so anyway Charles moved in for 48 hours and I I went to to um what I referred to as the holiday home in Blackheath <laughs> which is where I was living with my other half um and um of course I couldn't relax or anything else like this thinking oh my god is Charles okay is dad okay is everything okay so um I remember finding Charles in the morning and I said Charles how's everything Catherine said I've had a very bad night and I was like oh my god what's happened so your father's climbed out the window he's oh, but it's good okay on it's okay he said we went for a walk he says and um we climbed back in just because he wanted to make sure that he was still up for climbing walls oh good on him <laughs> what a ledge oh wow. completely completely yeah that's it's, amazing it's very, it is very interesting I mean I could go on on, on various different tangents I mean there's, there's another funny story you, you know you talk about locks and stuff and it's important to have the right lock and everything else like this well invariably we always used to lock the doors because it was a safety thing 
And I was absolutely petrified that somebody from social services would say to me, oh, your father, he's a wanderer, you know, because that's what this, that they say, you know, but, but he, he was walking with a purpose because he wanted to get to places, wanted to do things, but nevertheless, he always had to keep him safe. And um, one evening I, I double locked the doors and I always made sure I, I, I put the keys, like I hid the keys from him. So anyway, um, he, he tried opening the door a few times. He says to me, Catherine, says, I think we're locked in. He says, but don't worry, he says, I have the solution. The next thing he went to the cutlery drawer and he pulled out a knife and he said, this will unscrew the bolts. And honestly, I watched for half an hour while he literally um, took the, the, um, the, 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 the bolt of, of the door. Oh, no, he's going to keep us in, Catherine. And I'm like, oh, you, nice. know, I mean, you know, I just went with it. It's, <laughs> it's like a whole different, uh, a whole different, different take on, on tenant stories, isn't it? <laughs> it's like your dad. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I think you've got, um, you've prepared a question for us, I believe, as well. I have now. Okay. Are you ready for this? I'm scared because you sort of no, came, not really. forewarned this. Okay. Yeah. So I have a secret list. Oh, okay. I'm this, list, this list is in my head. I have I've never written it down and I wouldn't write it down because I'd be terrified in case somebody ever found it. Okay. But this is a list of people that I would clone. So do you remember Dolly the sheep? Yes. Okay. So I was intrigued by Dolly. You know, I just thought this is amazing. You know, imagine you've come across amazing people and you think they're so fabulous and wonderful. You'd clone them and you'd have this fabulous space where all these clone people that only you like would be. Um, and if I don't like somebody, I would say to, you know, if I don't like somebody, there's not many people I don't, I, I dislike, but um, I'd, I'd often pass a remark to, to people who know me, well, they're not on my list of people to be cloned. And of course my friends would say, you've got a list? And I'm like, yeah, of course I have. I've got a list of people that I wouldn't clone. So my question to you is, um, in a world populated by clones of you, what would you be like and what would it be like? Well, uh, well, well, well get back Whoa. a second. <laughs> that, 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 that changed direction. Yeah, like, same. Uh, That's not that I was expecting this question. To I thought you were going to say, who different. wouldn't you want to clone? Or like, or who yeah. would you clone? Or who yeah. would you clone? Either way, yeah. Um, so, so, so in a world but, populated by clones of you. So basically just the whole world of me. Yeah, what would it oh be God. like? Like, like an AI army of you. Oh, that's fucking terrifying. Oh, my God. Um, so what, what would it look like and what would it... Yeah. It so, like, so, so, so if I say to you, like, you're, is it a cavitation machine? Oh, my God, you've been listening <laughs> to the episode? Yes. <laughs> that was Lisa Brown's episode. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. wow. Uh... I, what I think would the world well, I, I, be like with a thousand Niles. A thousand, it would be chaotic. Oh, there would be nothing God. would be organised. Be a mess. I, I Everything would happen on it. time, but there would just nobody. There would be nobody there to set the time. But how would it work? Because you hate being told what to do. What if one Nile said to another Nile, "You need to do this," but the other Nile then kick off? Would it just be a, a load? He loves like... telling people what to do, though. Yeah, but then, but the, but the, <laughs> no, Nile the Nile on doesn't... the receiving end, because it's all Niles. The Nile it's on the. Yeah, just gonna be would. one big fist fight. It would. <laughs> Although I can't imagine oh, myself actually, in a no, fist fight. No. <laughs> no, it's not gonna be a fist fight. I'm handbags at dawn. They'll be like <laughs> handbags at dawn, and then, then but then you'll give up and you say, right, shall we just get a, a crack open a bottle of wine? Yes, yeah, you just drink. <laughs> That's this. This is very true. The wine industry will do very well out of this this world. 
But wouldn't the wine industry be run by you? Isn't it all you? Is that how it is? Is the whole world us? Is that what you're saying? Well, I guess so, yeah, yeah. You know, you basically know, the so wine's not like... going to be very good because you did, you're now to brew. Because well, I'll be too drunk or... to I'll be too drunk to to make any wine. I, yeah. But you just you distill wine. You don't brew it. Distill. Well, I know, I know. I, was, uh... I don't know. So, so I guess you distill we... wine. I don't know. You just make it <laughs> somehow. So if there were three clones of, 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 of the three of you, mm. so like you know, how how would the world look? What would it be like? So it's just me, me, Matt and Joe are the only three. Yeah. Oh, oh wow. okay. Like, okay. What would your, so imagine this, like, what would your properties be like? Oh. Oh. <laughs> As in, it was only three of us and lots of three of us. Yeah, can you imagine that? Well, I think my properties would be really badly designed. And I know that because I never forget, I think I might have mentioned this on a previous episode, um, I had this, what I thought was a really genius idea for a design, and then I put it to my designer, and she just said, you, you know, this is, this is why you pay me, um, because I had this idea of, like, a re- it was a student house, so it was, like, really funky, and I wanted, like, neon, neon was the thing okay. I wanted to go with, and it was, like, pink triangles against white backgrounds with harsh green stripes and 80s neon, that's what I thought was going to be really down with the kids and she just took one look at me and was like this is why I'm employed and I was like <laughs> okay so all of my properties would be really badly designed uh, in terms of the aesthetic um although yeah. you're quite good DIY so they would be pretty much well maintained and they'd be well maintained you know they would yeah. be yeah solid construction um yeah uh, um I think they'd be a bit random. I think they would be quite random. Well, you'd start half a house and then you'd get bored and think of something else and do it. Well, <laughs> I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even get halfway. Yeah, totally. yeah. You'd have a, but, your whole portfolio would be unfinished. <laughs> I would just have, well, I, I got really good at uh, building bungalows. <laughs> yes, bungalows. Yeah. yeah. Or we just draft in a load of... Um, Draft and a load of like I don't know porter cabins. No, not porter cabins. Containers. But wait, can I ask a question? So, okay, so obviously in order to have a portfolio and to do anything in the world, like you know, we need the wine, we need the wine makers, and we need yeah, correct. To, so basically, is it us? But in wearing, there's different versions of us in different yes. industries and trades. Okay, yeah. In which case, I think all that would happen in my world is that everyone would just be laughing all the time which would be incredibly annoying um they'd just be slightly mental um and if it's anything like my walk in the park earlier I was dancing <laughs> along I was dancing along with music blaring at the top of my like as, as loud as I possibly could in my earphones um to um what a man what a man what a man what a man a good man and literally I was walking in beat I was spinning and I was getting looks in the park and people were just like who is this mental case <laughs> and then my playlist switched to Marvin Gaye let's get it on and I was like this oh is God. not a park playlist I need to turn this off so and then I just started laughing to myself so I think everyone would just be walking around with headphones on dancing doing weird things laughing to themselves which is quite it's, it's quite a scary thought <laughs> Interesting, you know what, but you know what i think i think we'd get um i think we'd get stuff done i think we would I as well i think we'd well, we together yeah, yeah because if, if there are lots of clones of each one of us then we'll all be at different stages so we're not all going to be 
moody at the same time or lazy yeah. at the same time or whatever. So the bit the people or the clones that are on like form it, on form will will be able to um what's the word I'm looking for to make up for those that are not. Yeah, like compensate. So basically, you, you, we're trying to say that we at any time of the day you're going to have Matt, Nile, and Joe in good form. Yeah. And when yeah. Matt, Nile, and Joe are in good form, like shit happens. Shit happens. It's epic. Shit gets done. But when Matt, Nile, and Joe <laughs> are not on good form, then you know it, it's abysmal. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. So that's just a good. It's a good thought. It's like being able to be yourself at your peak twenty four seven. It's like passing the bat on around. Yeah. yeah. Now the but question which is, on, the, does... on the flip side, that means that there are for twenty four seven. There's still going to be uh, three versions of us that are pissed off or moody <laughs> or annoyed <laughs> or drunk or whatever it might be, or talking to themselves and laughing to themselves, <laughs> dancing to Marvin yeah. Gaye in the park, dancing to Marvin Gaye in the park. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Or um, yeah, but how how many? people are we talking a, a population are we talking just enough to be able to survive I suppose yeah i guess so you know you could have you know the side of you that would perhaps would want to make wine for you to drink mm. you know the side of you that would build a house that you'd want to live in oh. the side so, of you yes. that just doesn't want to get up in the morning so i suppose you're trying to say is is um actually we can clone ourselves and which means that like your your secret desire to do that that person can just go and do it the person that's that's got to have their head on to go and be the business person can just be the business person the person that wants to just sit and watch netflix and chill all day can and just go and do day. that can you imagine doing that all day long no i actually netflix. can i was gonna say i i do it yeah yeah done it yeah done it and actually can i'm fucking excellent at it I have really to yeah it's a skill <laughs> after, uh, after about two weeks of solid work like I, I found it this weekend just gone after about about two or three weeks of solid work your body just goes meh yeah, yeah you, you, you're not doing anything else yeah. and you're like yeah okay i've got this and this and this to do yeah. and it's saturday afternoon your body just goes no nah, you yeah. you ain't going nowhere you're Ooh. sitting still but there's just a caveat that so that's that that's a really good point after working really hard for a long period of time but if you were not doing anything if you weren't working hard and all you were doing was just lying on your back watching yeah. netflix oh. that would get old very quickly i think really if there was nothing quickly. else to do you yeah, didn't have any other focus it is true isn't it it's got it, it's like not you've earned it but it's just that switch off time because your brain is escaping to somewhere else because it's been yes. plugged in so wired for so long yeah, like yeah people when you go on holiday and people say I, I agree that it takes a few days to unwind when you go on holiday, particularly if you've come from a really busy period in your business or your properties or whatever, you feel like you're a bit like, well, like you can't leave almost. But then yeah. when you mm. get there, it takes a while to unwind, but I am so good at doing nothing. 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 <laughs> yeah. I am so good. I can sit and if my hardest decision is beach or pool or sangria or beer, I'm, I'm, I'm sweet. I'm set. I'm good. I see. I'm not good at that. Oh, I'm so good. I can sit there and literally just... I can, I can do it for a while, but then I just get ants in my pants and I need to do something. It's because I'm so busy watching people. I can literally sit there and just watch people and make up stories about them. And my brain just never gets bored. Like I don't. Yeah, I can always. I, I, of... I generally find but as soon as I start sitting down and doing not a lot, my, my brain, you, you, get, you go into the into creative mode. Mm. So, um, yeah, all of that, the other stuff, the day to day goes and 
it just it, and what happens is that you know Matt I, I, <laughs> Matt with ideas comes out with a vengeance and um, <laughs> that's when you turn I start your, getting emails that's when we turn our phones off <laughs> I just started going, all right, oh, we do that, 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 that. Is it delete and, Trello um, and delete WhatsApp? <laughs> <laughs> that on, that on holiday that. Makes, it, makes everyone else's lives back home in misery. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting, though, when you think about it like that, isn't it? Yeah. You know, because yeah. I suppose we are like this, this whole lockdown, the coronavirus is just creating such bigger health inequalities yes. throughout because there are people that literally have got nothing else to do and don't have the ability to think about doing anything else or, or having any type of, I'm going to say that word again, beginning with E, the entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah. You know, yeah. Oh, um, and for whatever reason, you know, then become utterly demotivated and, and can't see a way out. Mm. Can I ask, having gone through, I mean, just thinking about your human reflections on property, because it's a very personal connection that where your journey, I'm going to say journey, where your adventure began. Yes. <laughs> but do you now carry forward that logic about repurposing property for? you know, a specific age demographic? Like, have you built that into your actual plan with property? So, so I guess when I um, first started out, my, so my mother had, um, oh, I think she, it was 2013 that we first started out, so the whole education side of things. And I remember personally, I was so anxious about everything in terms of how I was going to manage my dad, how I was going to manage my career, blah, blah, blah. And I suppose the biggest thing that I learned throughout all of this was that, you know, my parents' resources were finite in that, you know, if either of them required long-term care, care costs a huge amount Crazy. of money. And despite the fact that I did the bulk of it um, and keeping my dad at home, it still cost £60,000 a year to get carers in for him because for, for my father, he needed one-to-one -one care because he he would he would just get lost and it was just so important to keep He'd him safe. He'd be out safe. the window. He'd be out he, the window. And he was out the window. Yeah. Um, and I think for me going forward, you know, I, I thought, right, I've got to balance being a carer. I've got to balance the fact that I'm still full-time employed. I've got to think about what my end goal is, which fundamentally is being my own boss be, and being financially free and then being free to do the things that I want to do in, in in terms of helping assisting people so that's why I would always for me focus on houses because for me it, there's a huge thing for me about having a front door to open and going out into a garden it's mm. that freedom mm -hmm. you know and I often think about you know my mum and dad and they were very privileged that that they had that and if if you think about um you know, particularly in London, people who live in high rise tower blocks and all of the stuff around cladding and, and things like that, how desperately anxious they must be. But if they have got somebody that they're looking after that's got any type of disability, but particularly dementia or Alzheimer's, they can't just go and open a garden to, to, to sort of break the, the, um, the, the loop that's going on in, in, in the head of whoever they're looking after. They've got to navigate a stairwell. They've got to navigate a lift and, and all of those things. And I guess for me, one of my goals is, is to try and get into the whole supported living 
um, sector really mm -hmm. to consider those things because yeah. I've done a lot of work with um, children with disabilities and and you know wheelchair users and stuff like that and the situation is always the same there's never enough ground floor space for them to play in to navigate their wheelchairs in and things like that and you know I think we've almost got a responsibility to do that you know if you're thinking about supported living and and how from a human element you can make people's lives better and improve their lives because fundamentally you know we are all victims of of our well, victims wrong word we're all products of our backgrounds and of the environment that we live in um and you, you know you can try and be as healthy as you possibly can but it's so important to have a healthy environment and a nice space to call your own oh amen mm. sister Amen, sister. There's something as well. I think we'll move on to episode roulette in a moment, but it was just something I wanted to say because it came up in a very human conversation with my parents recently in relation to their home and downsizing in the future, which is something that we often end up talking about towards the later years of our parents' yes. life. Yeah. And it was something you said earlier. So my mom said to me, Oh, I don't want to lose the family home. So I'm just thinking, and again, three stories, just yeah. like your folks' place. I'm just going to, um, you know, put in a Stena stair lift when mobility becomes an issue because they sleep on the top floor. Yeah. And it linked to a principle that I've learned or read a lot about recently, which is the sunk cost fallacy. Right. Where people attribute value to something because they've been in it for so long, whether it's yes. a relationship or a job or, a, you know, a house or whatever it might be, because there's something in their brain that says the longer I've been here, the more I've invested in it. Therefore, the more I should keep it the same because I don't want to change it up. But actually, that's not meeting your environmental or health needs. Therefore, no. it's detrimental to you. Yeah. There's something about housing and that mindset when it comes to the older generation about letting go of that sunk cost fallacy you know actually just saying that yeah. actually you need to be in a repurposed space to suit where you're at now exactly matt over to okay. you okay so for our listeners who've not played episode roulette before what we're going to do is i'm going to scroll through previous episodes of property jam and uh, catherine if you could please say stop um whenever the uh, the urge takes you and then <laughs> and then what I would like to do is to get your opinion on that particular topic um, we're not asking you to know what was said in the episode just your particular views on that particular topic so I am scrolling as we speak okie dokie stop okay episode uh, 22 FOMO fear of missing out yeah, Gosh. what are your views on that? Do you suffer from FOMO? Well, do you know, like, again, on a very, very Or do you embrace level, FOMO? I, I don't, I, yeah, I don't think I suffer from it now particularly. I think I did when I was a carer because, you know, it was like, oh, God, you know, if I wasn't doing this, I could be doing X, Y, and Z. Um, but now it's something that I'm like you know we're in lockdown if that's the, the the worst I've got to worry about then I am in a very privileged position indeed and I think we're all kind of scared of missing out and stuff but, but you know around us everything is is you know generally closed I, I used to love going to the theatre and getting that type of escapism you can't do that um I really miss being in the company of my friends and stuff face to face 
and I really miss the pub. And, oh. um, you know, just that, that banter, oh. you know? Yes. That's, I really do miss that. But you, mm. do, you, do you get FOMO when it comes to, like, other people doing property stuff? Like, is there any kind of, do you ever feel that, like, oh, I wish I'd gone down that route, or, oh, I'd wish I'd done more, or I'd wish I'd done, tried something different, or I should have done it. That, do, do you know what I mean? Or, you, or I wish I was going faster. Yeah, the faster. So, so I think... Look, the honest answer is no, because Good. I knew when I first started, I could only go as fast as my dad's illness let me. Mm. And I didn't really resent that at all, because, again, you know, I knew that my goal was to look after my dad. I didn't want him going into effectively an institution. And I think one of the things that I think about, and yeah, I think about it a lot, is you know, my heart literally goes out. And I could cry when I think about people that would have been in, that are in my position um, now, who have either got their loved ones in, in a, a residential or a nursing home and can't go and visit them, or that they are solely looking after their loved one and can't go out and do anything else. Mm. You know, because like if my father had lived through this, I mean, first and foremost, he never would have put a face mask on. If I said to him, Dad, we have to stay in, what should I do that for? You know, and he would have found ways and means of getting out of the house by picking yeah. the locks. He would have been out the window he with no mask on. That's what he'd that, have done. He would have been out that window. And, <laughs> you know, I, I just think to myself, you know, we are where we are and you just have to adapt and accept where you are. Think about your goals Think about your vision and, you know, it will all come. Love it. Amazing. Mm. That's, that, that's my little philosophy, really. Love it. It's, I, 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 know, I recognise you probably can't see me because the, like the, light, yeah. the light's down the other end of, 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 of the room. And, the dark. <laughs> yeah, I am here. Yes, she is. <laughs> I am here. <laughs> it's a good thing Amazing. it's audio technology. So it's Thank fine. God, yeah. <laughs> Whenever you're ready. Okay. Stop. Remember, succinct and powerful. Okay. Um, okay, episode 26, stress. Oh, God. I think you've had bucket loads of that, babe. Oh, I yeah, know. Do yeah, you know what? I, I have, I, I accept the fact that fundamentally I stress about stuff. But one of the things I learned about myself in lockdown, and, and um, I, I suppose, it wasn't a huge surprise, but I am quite happy in my own company, but I also know that I really need to bounce off people, particularly if I'm writing a report, or if I'm trying to put something together because I'm always forgetting my words or I'm trying to search for the right words. And I was looking after um, a couple of, of, of my, my patients, so to speak, um, had dyslexia. And there was two of them in particular that I absolutely could relate to. And I remember thinking, oh my God, I bet I've got dyslexia. Um, but I couldn't think of the way to structure the words. And, and now Niall knows this, but I love to break into song because I will remember a song. So, um, you know, this individual had been off sick from work for a long time. And of course, the longer you're off sick, the harder it is to get back to work. And, you know, your life is either really good at work or really bad at work depending on your line manager and the support that you've got and I'm big into supporting people I will hold their hand through everything anyway 
I've just broken to song in the middle of this Teams meeting. Oh, and I, I said, this. you've got to have a plan. If you don't have a plan, how are you going to make a plan come, come true? Through. And if we don't think about it, then we're never going to make a plan. And it's never, <laughs> ever going to come true. I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Yay. I was Amazing. hoping because Noel promised us that you that you did this, and I was like, "Why See, have you women broken into song yet?" It's like, taken us all the way to the very end of the podcast, but she did sing for she us. She did it, but she did oh, it. Yeah. And, uh... and can I just say? Can I just say some of the most successful people I know, especially and particularly in property, I hasten to add. Uh Um, are dyslexic and um, often I get students come to me and say I'm not going to be very good because I can't run the numbers because I've got dyslexia or I can't you know I've got um, confidence issues because of my dyslexia I'm like babe it's going to be your biggest superpower because what it does is it means you think about things differently you communicate differently you you problem solve differently and you have vision differently and that was what makes you successful because you have to almost fight that bit harder you do yeah got the fire in their belly because of the obstacles that they face and it's not just dyslexia it's things like adhd absolutely traits you know that people sort of say oh it's it's an obstacle no it's your superpower so celebrate it because it's it's what makes you who you are yeah and and, you know it's really interesting you say that because I'm quite intuitive yes so I remember the first property I got I stood outside it and I said to my other half we're going to get this property and he said how do you know I said I have feel that it. feeling you feel it I you 100% do. believe it I 100% believe it and I, I totally in tune with that so yeah celebrate it babe it's a skill yeah fabulous well, well my intuition is telling me that we are coming to the end Yay. of our time together oh. uh, thank you very much Catherine uh, for being with us and for sharing um, your adventure uh, to this point <laughs> it's a pleasure and you know what I, I, i'd just like to toast the fact with a cold cup of tea i have here this is my first podcast Woo! yeah I'll, I'll toast it with my empty cup <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much it's been an absolute pleasure we popped your podcast cherry i love it well done Excellent. yeah thank you thank you so much so that would be a goodbye from me it's a goodbye from me it's a goodbye from me and it's a keep safe and goodbye from me Come and jam with us on social media where you can hear more and see more on Facebook, search Property Jam Podcast. Or you can follow us on Instagram at Property Jam Podcast. Or you can email us at propertyjampodcast at outlook.com. See See you on the next next episode. episode.